Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. I'm Greg DeVries, pastor at The Well Scottsboro, and I'm grateful that you've decided to listen to this podcast. I hope that this word uplifts you and encourages you wherever you are. Stay with me for a few moments after the sermon. I would like to pray with you. I trust you'll be blessed by the word of God. So Gretchen and I were just newly weds, newly married, and we went to visit her grandfather, his, uh, Big Daddy was his name, Big Daddy Springer. He's just a barrel of fun, jovial guy, loved Gretchen bunches, started loving me, um, just made me feel like part of the family. And we uh, went up to Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, and there was uh, an Amish community close by and they were having an auction they were having an auction there and it was this stuff just strewn out all over the place in this field and we're walking around and and we didn't have we didn't have much we didn't have anything i think we had twenty dollars and uh so we were looking at some things and gretchen saw a school desk and it's the old type that you know the seats in the front and the desk is behind it, a black cast iron. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And so she said, oh, that would be so awesome in the corner of our new little house over there. Put it over and, and put some things on it and whatever. And, and I thought, well, that's pretty cool looking, you know. And, and uh, so we prayed. We prayed together. You know, we prayed. But we didn't, we didn't listen audibly, but we prayed audibly. And we both prayed, Lord, you know, give us a number. Tell us what it is. Because we wanted to be in agreement of what we'd be willing to spend on it. And so I got a number, and she got a number, and I didn't know a whole lot about antiques back then, and uh, know a little bit now. And and so I got the number, and and got the same number she got, and she got the same number I got. And so it was twenty dollars. Well, you go down to railroad antiques in Huntsville, even back then, it was one hundred and fifty bucks for those things. This was a nice one, and we're kind of like, well, you know, whatever. And so then the auction started, and the guy started auctioning a baseball. And he started at $20 on the baseball, you know. At least I thought he did. He actually started at $2, but I thought he started at 20 I couldn't hear him. You know, he's talking so fast. I'm like, oh, my goodness, things are going up. And, and so that happened. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's a few hundred things out there. We, we're not going to be there long. And, and um, I thought, well, they'll probably never even get to it. That's probably why I got $20, whatever. And, and so then, lo and behold, they called out the desk. And he started at $2. And I thought he started at 20. I don't know what his two and 20, why they sound so much. So, you know, so uh, bid on it. I thought, well, there's my one go, you know, maybe nobody. And then he goes, and then it goes, goes to 22. And he was going, he started at $2 on it. And so it goes to four. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I go six, $20. I'm like, $20, you know. And it's a big crowd. You can't see him. And he looks over and he's waiting, you know, going once, going twice, you know. Uh, and he said, what about you, ma'am? Do you want to bid again? And Gretchen, I looked at her, Gretchen said, no. We had bidded each other, Charlie, from $2 all the way up to 20 never even knowing it. But we learned to hear God's voice together. God probably got as much of a tickle, probably more tickle out of that than you. Okay. Heaven, I think, laughs more than you guys do sometimes. 
But the reality is, it was praying together. It was a beautiful little story that knitted us together and built our faith together with one another. And I want you to have that encounter, too, in your life and having it with other people. And one thing I want to make certain of, uh, to try to help make certain of, that we don't take the credit for it. Oh, when so-and-so prays for me. Oh, when such-and-such prays for me. Oh, when they prayed. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I, we, we, don't, we want him to receive the glory. We want him to receive the honor. We want people, use your gifts, use your talents, use it, but hide behind the rock called Jesus. Amen? And let Jesus have the glory and have the honor. Church for years has, has escalated and elevated people to certain areas, and it's really not, did you, I said church has, not God. Church has, and because we start praising and looking at this person, and then... Let us drop off and wait for another one to come up the escalator. We just want to lift Jesus higher. Amen? Are you with me tonight? Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 11, the 11th chapter of the book of Luke. And I'm just going to deal with just a few verses for just a few moments uh, and uh, to try to build and encourage a little bit more in our prayer life um, here and using the the model prayer uh, that is the Lord's Prayer. And so, Father, I ask that you would anoint the teaching tonight and that it would be helpful. It would be uh, strength, Lord, knowledge, and that we could increase and and grow and mature and understand prayer better and be um, more effective in our prayer life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in Genesis chapter 4, verse 26 is where prayer began, okay? It says there that's when man started to cry out to God. Okay, man, so this has been around from the get-go, okay? It's nothing new, and that's really what prayer is, is just crying out to God. I started to write down, you know, I was like, maybe, maybe I could do eight, the eight types of prayer. And I was like, oh, no, I have to do the nine types of prayer. No, I have to do ten. And it's like, forget it. There, there's no list there. It's, it's you communication. Have you ever had uh, a different setting or conversation with a friend in a different place prayers like that it's not always the same it's not always identical sometimes it's going to be uh more exhilarating than other times sometimes it's going to be uh laborious i mean you're just going to be laboring in prayer and that's just part of it and so i started to think about these different types of prayers and i thought well maybe i can go into the the postures of prayer you know and just different postures that we get in uh sometimes prayer listen to me sometimes you can put yourself in a posture and never pray but sometimes prayer will put you in a posture. And you're like, how did I get here? I was praying with some people this morning, and, and, and I'm not even going to say who it was, but I, was, I looked and I was like, how on earth did they get in that position? You know, I mean, their legs were turned and twisted. They're all up in this place. But they looked comfortable, and they were in prayer. They weren't worried about looking. And then I saw Sarah and, and, and um, uh, Timothy up here, and Sarah's in her prayer position and neat and tidy there. And Timmy was just, his legs are spread eagle, man. His boots are out to the left and the right, and he's just, just and he turned around and looked at me, and he winked at me. You know, it's just like, you know, it's almost like I caught you with your eyes open. You know, it's like, so. Anyway, so, so I stayed away from the from the postures and the positions and the types of prayers there because you don't want to you don't want to teach and go oh that's the one I like, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean you want it to be like Baskin Robbins. You try them all, yeah. try them all. You know just what you're feeling that day and go for it. Uh, but I will say this: the word pray predominantly across the line with translations, the word pray itself is 322 times in the Bible. 322 times. And I thought, oh, man, it should have been 365, you know. So I was like, what about the word prayer? 
when you word, use the word pray in prayer, it is 547 times in the Bible, okay? And so it is very, uh, very much recognized, and, and it's also expected because Jesus would say when you pray, you know, when you pray or when you fast. And when you take fashion and prayer together and couple them together, you can expect results that otherwise you would not get. Otherwise, you would not get. And the reality is, in prayer, you desire results. Watch this. In reality, you desire results in prayer. You should. You don't want to pray that something is not going to get answered, right? You want results. God's desire is the result that you're praying. So you're already halfway there. You're already halfway there. He desires for you and I to pray to him. He desires for you and I to have communion with him. He desires for you and I to have fellowship. He wants to talk with you. You know, you may look at me sometimes and go, I don't think he wants to talk to me right. And you're, you might be right. No, I'm just kidding. I'm trying to get you to smile, trying to get you to be happy somehow, some way. But you know there's sometimes it's not the right time. You know, or somebody's just not in the mood or somebody just doesn't, you know, have much to talk about. God wants to talk with you. You can, ne listen to me, you can never inconvenience God in prayer. 24-7, seven days a week, and however many years you end up living, you cannot inconvenience God with prayer. God is available at all times. Are you with me? Luke chapter 11, picking up in verse 1. Now and it came to pass. Remember, we did this a, a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago now. As he was praying. Okay. So have you ever struggled and wrestled with being like Jesus? Come on. Right? How many of y'all have ever struggled and wrestled with being like Jesus? All right, now I'm getting somebody to be real with me here. Still a few hands haven't gone up yet. No, but the reality is we struggle. But we usually struggle in areas that prayer would probably would have fixed. See, you're struggling to be like Jesus. You got to find out how Jesus became like Jesus. Jesus prayed. Jesus was given to prayer. Notice the picture. This is all I want you to point out. It's not going to be a long drawn out. As he was praying. As he was praying. So we see that he's given the example. He's discipling people and he's praying. People are following him, and he's praying. You don't stop praying just because you get successful. You don't stop praying just because people choose you over somebody else. You don't stop praying just because the gifts and callings are without repentance. You don't stop praying because just because you haven't sinned. Jesus hadn't sinned, and he's still praying. Are you with me? And so it's, it's, it's a lifestyle beyond the lifestyle we're living, but it's the prayer life that will get you to that place. Does that make sense? All right, so as he was praying, and we point this out quite often, things happen when Jesus prayed. While he was praying, the heavens opened. While he was praying, you start to see this, and while he's praying, guess what? Other people are coming to prayer. Now, I've done something, I'm getting vulnerable here, I just, it's me, uh, but I had to change my schedule. Uh, some years ago, I just had to change what I did and how I did that and how I go about it. And one thing was, is that I come in a little bit later on Wednesdays because Wednesdays end up being a really long day because here we sit. 
here we stand. We're right here. And so I started coming in at 10 or 11 o'clock on Wednesday, kind of moved my meetings back a little bit so I'd have a little more time. But at one point, I was teaching J3 or school of ministry classes at 10 o'clock. And so I was going from a prayer meeting to a teaching to a WRP meeting uh, to fasting at lunch to, to, and all these things all the way down and then right up to, to, to church service time. And it was just too much. So I scaled back. Now, I have a quiet time at home that's my personal time I have with the Lord. But I noticed, and I stopped coming to the prayer meeting. And I told the staff, I said, hey, I'm not going to be there. But then I realized if we're going to go to another level of prayer, I'm engaging back into Wednesday morning prayers. Because if I'm not praying, they ain't going to be praying. And who's they? I don't know who they are. I'm not pointing fingers at the staff. We do have a praying staff. But if I'm not praying, my children aren't going to be praying. If I'm not praying, my church isn't going to be praying. You follow what I'm saying? You get the example. You have to be an example. Jesus was an example of prayer. So what am I saying to you? I use me as an example, and people really get a kick out of that. It's about the only thing they remember out of some of my sermons. But the reality is, if you're not praying, there's somebody in your life that's not going to be praying. Okay, let's flip it the other way. That's a negative connotation. See it this way then. If you're praying, they most likely will be praying. You can look at it from whichever side of the coin you want to. The idea is we have to be praying. We want you to learn and to get as close as possible to praying without ceasing. I'm telling you, it will solve the predominance of your problems. Praying. Because predominantly, he's the only one that can solve your problem. Right? And so it'll be very helpful for us to have a prayer life. And as he was praying in a certain place, I want to say this to you. You can pray in a thousand different positions and locations, but it seems like there were, there were designated places and even times in many Bible characters and figures in the Bible that they had specific times and places where they had a prayer time. That's not to say you can't go to other places later. I just want to encourage you, looking at the scripture, to be someone who prays and to find a certain place to pray. Now, my lovely wife, she loves to pray in the morning. She has a time with God in the morning. I've watched her through the years, her prayer life grow here and there. But I, there come certain times I can't find her. I just can't find her. And then I have to stop and really think for a moment. I was like, okay, where did we last put a chair in a corner? Because our cat is like this. You put something new out in our house. I don't care if it's a box. I don't care if it's a bag. By the way, if anybody wants a cat, we have one. Uh, free. Absolutely free. Not joking at all. And, and so our cat, if somebody brings in something, I open up a suit. That cat goes to that fresh place. Gretchen will sit in. She loves corners. She loves her chair in the corner, a little table next to her. But that's her prayer position there. But she might go to different corners and different chairs in the house at different seasons or different times in the midst of it. My point is we need a place. My, my, my suggestion is, or my question is, do you have a place? I encourage you to have a place, a place where your Bible sits. Don't pick a place where every time you put your Bible down, it falls off. Don't put a place where things don't fit. And if you know, I'm like, well, I'm sitting here, and it's like my, my shoulder gets connected to my ear, and then I get pinched, and I walk around all day long. Don't, don't put, yourself, put yourself in a place where you can pray. Are you with me? Go like this. Put yourself in a place you can pray. So we see that Jesus was praying. Jesus had a place uh, there. And when he ceased, you don't have to pray forever. 
You don't have to pray forever. This word ceased here is not the same thing as without ceasing that Paul is saying there. Jesus stayed in fellowship with God. Paul is talking about not a prayer position, not a prayer time, but staying in constant fellowship with God. So your prayer life is more than just your prayer time. You need to have prayer times to concentrate, to separate, to position yourself, but then you need to have a prayer life that you live in. Are you with me? You want to have a prayer life. And so when Jesus sees, and I don't know, I was in a meeting some years ago. I just use this as an example. And there's a pastor that came into town to help all of us pastors learn how to pray together because all, all pastors don't pray together the same way and stuff. And they're just bringing us together. He was, uh, he was uh, uh, just... Yeah, trying to help us to get better prayer life together in unity. So he got together and and uh, had this group, and he said, this is what we're going to do. So I'm going to pray, and then you pray, and then you pray, and we'll go around. Now, there's, there's 25 people in the room. There's 25 people in the room. And so if everybody prayed for five minutes, we're going to be there for a while. You know what I'm saying? And, and they had busy things to do and everything. And so we're going around, and the first uh, 10 people prayed maybe one-minute prayer. Just amazing it's amazing. I know you're saying, well, you ought to check yourself. It's amazing how much you can say in a minute, you know? And so uh, we're going around, and then all of a sudden it landed on this one younger guy. It wasn't me. Uh, so don't, don't get lost in the picture, okay? And this guy starts praying, and he's praying, and he's preaching. You, you know, have you ever got people, and they're praying, they're preaching, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, wait, wait, which, where's that going? You know, what's going on? And he's going and going, and, and everybody's kind of, their eyes open. They're kind of doing the Luke, uh, the Timmy thing. They're kind of like, What's going on here? You know, it's a guy, and we're looking around, looking at each other, and we're looking at the guy who's supposed to be, you know, uh, uh, facilitating this situation. And he's got his eyes closed. You can tell he's sweating bullets. He's going to have to go over and say something to this guy, you know. And so finally, he finally opens up his eyes, and 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 uh, uh, he realizes everybody's looking. I was like, "You're going to do something." We're listen, friends. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Well, he walks over. I watch it. I mean, he's, perspiration has moved to the pits. I mean, it's, there's, there's wet, you know, and he's walking over and he, and he gets behind the young guy praying and, and he puts his hand on his back and you think the guy would go, oh, oh. and it took that guy into a whole nother level as, as if somebody had come in agreement with him and he started to shout and he started to move on and, and, and the guy kind of looked at us like, I don't know what to do right now. So anyway, the guy is still there right now praying and, uh, uh we just all left. We just had to go somewhere. So. Um, you don't have to pray forever. Now, why would I want to point this out? I'm trying to be helpful. Some people feel guilty they didn't pray long enough. The Lord's Prayer isn't that long. Jesus said, pray like this. I prayed every morning, except for the ones I forget. Just want to be honest. But almost every morning, I, I, I pray it. I go through it, and I, and I land on a certain part of it. It takes me a different place in prayer there. But I just want to break that off of somebody. You don't have to pray long to be heard by God. Matter of fact, he kind of spoke against it, the vain repetitious prayers of the Pharisees, right? And he said, you don't have to say the same over and over and over again and do this. It just He just wants to hear your cry. I just want to hear your voice there. So the word there is that you don't have to pray forever. Don't feel guilty of that. When he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, now this is, this is really important. I'm, I'm, I've, I'm guilty of this. I've done this before. There was years ago that I wouldn't, and, and, and then I found myself sometimes I, I have, but I, I want to be careful with this. When Jesus ceased, then one of the disciples said something to him. 
What's your point, preacher? I'm happy you asked. Don't interrupt the one praying. We've lost reverence somewhere. We've lost the sense of, you're interrupting somebody in God. Right? And you don't like it when your children do it to you when you're talking to another adult. We need to be more, but we've gotten so lackadaisical. I mean, somebody's in, in the full swing of things, and we're just like, hey, excuse me, can I, could you hand me that over there? We need to be more sensitive to the relationship. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it. I'm saying, Lord, what's the shortest little message I could share tonight that could help us the most? And sometimes we just interrupt, but this disciple, here's key, disciple, what does that mean? Head discipline. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Or hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Pray for Christian discipline. We need it. Amen? All right, I'm, I'm done here. Lord, teach us to pray. This is so important that we would be teachable. Gretchen uses a quote quite often, anyone can learn from anyone if that one is teachable. If that one is teachable. I ask yourself, I help you. I ask you, are you teachable? Or do you have it all figured out? You already know. And sometimes when we know it all, we don't know at all the more we could know. I've been praying, Lord, remove from me anything that is in the way of everything you have for me. Listen, I'm pushing up. I, I get to hit from the white tees in a few months. I'm pushing. I'm going to be 60 in November. I don't know it. I don't know it all. I found out more and more that I don't know as much as I thought I knew. Amen? This disciple said, teach us to pray. Be teachable in your prayer time. Desire to know. I mean, I'm so thankful, and I hope that you are, uh, that I went to New York and said, hey, I think we could do this. And, and then we went to, uh, to Brooklyn and said, hey, I, th I think we could do this. It could help. Be teachable. Are you with me? As John also taught his disciples uh, there. And so uh, as they did in Times Square, as they did in Brooklyn, Brooklyn Tab, as they did, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us nothing. Listen, we're not breaking the mold and making something new. Since Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, man started to cry out to God. Man started to cry out to God. So he said to them, when you pray, say. I'm also increasingly in this uh, pushing to 60, you can stand your feet, pushing to 60 years old. I've come to find out that if there's extra noise in the room, I can't hear as clear as I used to hear. So I have to say, say that again. For something to be said, it has to be spoken. Did you hear me? Jesus did not say, when you pray, meditate on this passage of Scripture. I'm all for meditation. 
Matter of fact, I believe meditation should be better said or coupled with abiding, dwelling. When the bee abides on the flower, it gets the nectar. Told you, I told you a couple weeks ago, I don't know when it was, there's three types of Christians, flint, sponge, and honeycomb. The flint is one you have to strike it and beat it just to get a spark out of it or a laugh. The sponge has to be wrung and has to be twisted to get something to come out of it. But the honeycomb drips. I want to be a dripping Christian. And so the meditation is for abiding. Memorization is for abiding. Reading the same passage over and over and over again. But when you pray, Jesus said, when you pray, say, say, say. I want to speak to you. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Matter of fact, I'm going to close mine too. And I'm going to ask this without even looking or knowing. My eyes are closed. You're safe. Do you struggle praying out loud? If that's you, just raise your hands to the Lord as quick as you want. Keep it up there as long as you want. Eyes are closed. Nobody's looking at you. And I pray this over you in Jesus' name. Loose the tongue. Free the spirit. Allow the mind and the voice to work together. There's something about speaking our prayer. There's something about saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done here in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Help us to forgive, be forgiven of our trespasses as we forgive others there. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the power forever and ever and ever. Amen. Prayer connects you to eternity. Eternity connects you to your life. Amen. We're going to go ahead and receive this time tithes and offerings. I wanted to put all that stuff before the other stuff that we do. Not that it's just stuff, but how we do things. So Father, we thank you for this opportunity to learn, to do, to be, to have, and become people of prayer. Help us, Lord. And we say yes and amen to all those requests that were prayed earlier. And may there be answers in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys, I want you guys, just for time's sake, I want you guys to stand at the door if you would. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. Thank you, Ronnie. Do you appreciate the ushers and the deacons around the church here? They serve when nobody knows it. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you and the Lord teach you to pray. The Lord make known to you His great love for you. May the Lord show you His kindness that would even lead you to repentance. May the Lord give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. May He manifest health in you and wholeness and wellness. May the Lord give you increase and cause you to prosper in spirit, soul, and body. And may the Lord our God protect you and give you peace, peace, in Jesus' name.
Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. I trust that you are encouraged and inspired by the word of God today. Once again, I want to say thank you for joining us on this podcast. It's very important that after you receive the Word of God to make sure it gets sealed in your heart. I'd like to do that with you. I'd like to pray with you that we could tuck it away in our hearts and that we let the Word of God have free course, move swiftly in us, and it would glorify God. You know, the Word of God is a seed. You can expect results out of it. You can expect fruit out of it. You can expect something to be produced. Again, I'm so thankful that you joined us. Now allow me just a moment to pray with you. Father God, we come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus, the Word of God himself. And I thank you for the Word that has been heard. I thank you for the Word that has been received. And Lord, now I ask that it gets covered up and it gets protected and locked and lodged in our hearts, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would water it. I pray that you would nurture it, that you would bring the light and revelation that it needs. And I pray that it produce good fruit in each and every heart that has received it today. I ask this in Jesus' name. I do this at the end of every service at the church. I want to do it with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord find great delight in you. And may you find great joy in him. May the Lord provide for you. May the Lord protect you. And may the Lord give you peace, peace. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.